This July 4th, celebrate the spirit of freedom and comfort with Minky Couture Blankets. Wrap yourself in the softness of luxury minky fabric as you cozy up under the stars and stripes. Our blankets are designed to ignite your patriotic pride and keep you warm all night long. From backyard barbecues to fireworks in the sky, make every moment memorable with Minky Couture. Indulge in the ultimate comfort and style this Independence Day. Visit us at MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today and embrace the true essence of July 4th with Minky Couture Blankets. Freedom has never felt so cozy. Put the cartel on! Welcome to this, our podcast, Timothy Put the Cattell on. I'm Timothy Andrews and this is my co-host, Sarah Cattell. Hello. Timothy Put the Cattell on is a podcast looking at issues within hospitality, solutions and inspirational stories within the sector. The podcast is shared on all major platforms, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube, and now Audible. Episode seven, Hospitality Action. Today, we are talking to Jeremy Gibson, who is the marketing director of the charity Hospitality Action. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thank you very much. Who are Hospitality Action and and what do they do? So Hospitality Action is the benevolent charity for the hospitality industry. And we've been around for nearly 200 years. We've kind of risen in prominence recently, but Hospitality Action has always been the kind of the industry safety net. Predominantly, we're a grant-making organisation, so we provide grants to people when life's taken a wrong turn, and that's, that's often as a result of physical illness. Um, it could be as a result of being a victim of domestic violence, or it could be just people are a bit down on the look, as, as has been the case recently. We also are involved in providing mental health provision. So we have an employee assistance program, which is effectively a kind of an employee care package that um, an operator can subscribe to. And within that package, they have access, all their employees have access to expert counseling, legal advice, debt advice, and things like that. More recently, prior to COVID, we've also been making more inroads into the mental health space. I think that, you know, inherent in many of the calls for financial help that we have is a mental health issue you know people find themselves in very difficult situations and quite often you know that there's a a mental health issue folded into that and also via having a clinicians within our AAP we're more to place to kind of understand some of the issues that are you know unique to our industry that kind of drive down kind of mental health so over the last couple of years we've been very heavily involved in just trying to break down taboos really just trying to make that initial mental health conversation that bit easier to have and to listen to brilliant i think you've actually done a really good job jeremy because i know that coming into this industry or coming back into this industry seven years ago when i did the it was very much thought of as one of those industries where it was hard. It was hard on you emotionally. It was hard on you physically. There were, you know, images I think most people had of things like bullying cultures and, you know, Mm. big shouty chefs on the TV didn't help with what people outside of the industry thought, but there was always a bit of a taboo about mental health issues. It's a journey that the industry has been on for quite a long time. I think that, you know, you've had a series of quite high profile people talk about, you know, mental health issues or addictions and stuff like that. So I think that gradually the barriers have come down. I certainly think that, you know, what's been interesting the last few months is that in a funny kind of way, COVID's been the great leveller and and organisations that weren't 
weren't particularly plugged into the mental health conversation before have kind of by virtue of shared experience I think that we're all a little bit more open to it and a bit more open to being just a bit kinder. So Jeremy lockdown took us all a little bit by surprise um it all came around very quickly um it sort of punched us all in the face and was just there uh, you had to react very quickly as an organization talk us through from the start of lockdown to now what what exactly have you been doing? Yeah of course so initially we like you say, like everyone else, we were quite taken by surprise and we kind of, you know, we, we entered crisis mode. So the first thing that we did was mobilise an emergency appeal. We didn't know how successful it would be. We didn't know how many people would need our help, but we knew that people would. So the first thing was kind of the financial piece. So we launched an emergency cash appeal, asking the public and people in the industry to make donations. A few days after that, we opened up that fund for applications. We got over 20,000 emails asking for our help on the first morning, which, you know, that's several years of applications in a day. And we very quickly redeployed most of our fundraising team. In fact, most of the whole organization was redeployed into processing and paying out grants. So we launched a £250 emergency grant, which just the idea of that was to help people keep a roof over their heads while they were waiting for government help to kick in. You know, quite at the very start of this, before furlough was even a word, lots of casuals are just laid off. You know, in our industry, there's lots of casual zero hours contract people. There's lots of people who are self-employed and lots of people's livelihoods just went overnight. And, you know, we were getting we were getting calls from people who literally just had a couple of quid left in the bank and didn't know how to put food on the table or, you know, electricity on the electricity meter. So it was really important for us to kind of get out there quickly and do as much as we could. That went incredibly well. So we were able to distribute £500,000 in a very short amount of time. Um, the other thing that we did is that part of what Hospitality Action does is that we have about 1,200 industry retirees who we support, and these people are often quite vulnerable, often on their own. And what we noticed was that lots of, lots of social media groups sprang up in the local community offering to kind of get bread for people and stuff like that. But it was all on social media, and the people that we help aren't on social media. So we, we recruited a, a big gang of excellent volunteers within the industry and we buddied people up with, um, with vulnerable elderly hospitality retirees. So then we, we could be their social media conduit, basically. So we would, we'd have a buddy, we'd find out kind of what they needed, whether it was shopping or prescription collecting. Uh, and then we, we would connect them to local volunteer networks, which is kind of really simple, but it was a really effective way of helping people. And then as, as things kind of progressed, so as furlough kicked in and as places started to open again, we are continuing to give out emergency grants, but we've also added a couple more grant streams. So we're able to help people, you know, with slightly more than £250 to provide additional bridging while people are waiting for help. And then our normal, in inverted commas, grant programme of, you know, helping people who can't work due to disability and things like that. So there's kind of bigger, more involved projects has, has always been going on in the background. Uh, we get referrals from people in the industry, but also we take referrals from organisations like Macmillan or SAFA. So, you know, we, we've been working really hard to kind of make sure that our grant giving network has maintained itself. And then the, the other thing that we're, we have been doing and will continue to do is looking at our mental health provision. We're working on some resources for both managers, leaders and staff who are going to be going through redundancy processes. So just trying to kind of, one of the things that we're really concerned about is the mental health impact on the HR person or the manager of having to let potentially some of their really good friends go. 
and you know that that's really hard and in some organizations those cuts are quite far reaching so we're really mindful of the mental health of the person having to do that what are some of the issues that the hospitality industry is facing right now I think right now it's the existential fear of being able to continue trading. I think that, you know, eat out to help out was incredibly valuable in terms of getting people back into hospitality, but you know, the world has changed. People aren't going back to city centers. And I think that lots of operators are having very difficult conversations with their landlords and with their teams about having to restructure and close. And I just think that that, you know, will be, will be really traumatic for the people who have to implement it. So in our last set of um, podcasts that we've just recorded, we covered mental health in hospitality. And one of the things that uh, drew our attention was your COVID-19 wellbeing hub. Could you talk us through a little bit about that? Yep. So one of we did several things when the kind of the crisis first started unfolding. One of which is that we just realised that the mental health implications were going to be probably quite big. I think that lots of people in hospitality are very defined by their job you know you can be joe blogs the chef restaurateur hotelier before you're joe blogs the dad brother son and i think that you know that that kind of loss of self that came with suddenly being stuck at home would often you know people can hide a mental health problem by working really hard and we, we just really felt that that isolation and that sudden change in pace for people was going to be a real shock um, so we, we'd already been working in the mental health sphere and we quite quickly kind of redeployed our mental health section of our website and started to focus on producing practical resources to help people with everything from, you know, the, the financial implications of furlough through to the kind of, you know, the stresses of homeschooling or losing a job or, you know, literal bereavement as opposed to just the bereavement of losing a job. So we just wanted to really quickly develop accessible free resources that just triggered a conversation got people kind of thinking that they it's okay not to feel okay that you're not alone that people have been through this before we kind of we grabbed the zeitgeist and we produced a a mental health film entirely on zoom that was done from people's kind of you know spare rooms as i am now and we managed to get a really good range of spokespeople who from the industry had experienced their own mental health episode and they were able to just kind of give some insight into what their triggers were what they you know what what the things were that made them realize that they were going to have a bad day and the steps to try and mitigate that and we just thought that by doing stuff like that it was just a it raises the profile of our, our helplines and, and others in the industry and b it just it just created a feeling of solidarity it just kind of made people feel a bit less isolated it's an incredible piece of work and the toolkit that you're offering. I mean, it's very friendly. You can mm. go through it. It's not daunting. It guides you through very well. And I absolutely, if I come across people that need it, will be recommending it. It's a, it's a great piece Thank of work. Um, and we always try and flag, you know, we have our own helplines that, that we can help people, but we, we're, we'll always try and flag people to, to whatever organisation is best suited to help them. I think that what one of the positives about the last few months is I really feel that many of the organisations who have a stake in mental health in the industry are collaborating far more than ever before. You know, we work closely with Healthy Hospo, Pilot Light, to name but a couple uh, Unilever's Fair Kitchens, you know, there's a, there's a real group of us who are really trying to join forces to kind of not overlap and to really do as much as we can for the industry we serve. Fundraising is quite difficult right now. 
Um, there's a lot of people who don't necessarily have, you know, the, the spare pennies in the bank account to just, you know, chuck in a charity's direction. But I know that you've come up with some quite innovative ways of fundraising. Um, so tell us about what, what sort of fundraising you're doing at the moment. We were, until very recently, very reliant on income from, fun, from fundraising events. And fundraising events are fantastic. They raise our profile. You know, we're an event-oriented industry, so it's kind of a logical way for us to, to raise funds. But obviously that has just ended overnight. Like every other charity, our entire events programme has been cancelled. It's been cancelled for the rest of this year, probably Q1 next year too. So we had to kind of really think on the background of demand for our help never being higher. We had to really kind of think about how we It was a really interesting one. On the day all this broke and we, we knew that lockdown was coming, we just kind of, in a very non-strategic way, just said, let's go for it. Let's just try and make as much money as we can to help as many people as we can as quickly as we can so there was there was very little science to how we started this we just literally launched an emergency appeal on social media um and, and that went very well we got you know a huge influx of cash donations and a lot of that came from the public we were really we were really struck by the affection that people had for eating out i think that it's something that had just been really taken for granted and and the prospect of losing your favorite pub or a restaurant or you know, even even the familiarity of where you get a coffee in the morning that really spoke to people and we you know we got a lot of cash donations from the public which was amazing um you know fast forward to now and obviously that that kind of waves come and gone but we i suppose the confidence that we got from that initial cash appeal gave us gave us the, the urge to do what we've done recently which was to develop a proposition called invisible chips which is kind of quite a silly sounding thing but our, our kind of strategy is that we know that events are going to be really difficult and we, we've seen that people are, are warm to hospitality. They, they want places to survive. So by asking people to kind of make a, a small incremental donation when they eat out, if we can get enough people doing that, so we've got kind of a high volume, low value model, we hope that we can continue to support people into the future. Invisible chips is, is just really simple. So the idea is that we're just asking operators and diners to buy a portion of virtual chips when they eat out. Everyone loves chips. What's not to like about chips, right? And by pricing it at, at the point of a normal side dish, we just felt it was a really non-threatening way to get people to make a charity donation that was talkable, that was fun. And also, you know, in this current climate of fear of going back out, we just wanted to be part of the conversation of destigmatizing it. And I think it's really important to mention at this point that there's an amazing video on your website, um, which is a tutorial as, a, as to how to make invisible chips, which is uh, hosted by Heston Blumenthal. Um, um, who is, he was, he's an amazing mime artist, who knew? <laughs> yeah. So what we wanted to do with invisible chips is kind of, we wanted to capture people's imagination and we're so, we're so lucky in this industry that, you know, there are all the celebrity chefs and, and there's an organisation where incredibly lucky those people give us time. So we've made two videos so far, one with Fred Siriax talking about how nice invisible chips are. And then the other one was we were so lucky to get some time with Heston and he's made his triple cooked invisible chips. Lots of dry ice and silliness. <laughs> I just think that concept is genius. Thank you. So Jeremy, I am someone who's in the industry um, and there'll be a lot of us who, before this crisis, in all honesty, didn't have anything to do with Hospitality Action. Um, maybe because we didn't need you, but now I think we're all on board. What can we do? I think there's a number of things that you can do. If you own a business, 
the single biggest thing that you can do, in my opinion, to help your workforce is to take an EAP. I'd love it to be ours, but any EAP really. I think that by having an employee assistance programme, you know, ours is £5.50 per employee per year. It's, it's not wildly expensive. I just think that it's the easiest and quickest way that you can put in a safety net. An employee assistance programme, EAP, is a package of services that anybody within an organisation can access. So it's predominantly accessed on the telephone or online. And it puts employees in touch with trained counsellors to deal with lots of different issues. So the full kind of spectrum of mental health issues, uh, you know, addiction, suicidal feelings um, and things like that. We can also connect you to experts who can help with family issues, bereavement, you know, issues with, with childcare, debt advice, legal advice. So it, it's, it's a support package that just gives an employee one place to go to get expert advice how can people donate and get involved so the easiest way to donate is go to our website where you can you can make a, a donation on your credit card we are we're a charitable organization you know the the clock sets to zero every year and we start again demand for our help has never been higher so so far this year we've given out double the amount of grants uh january to september than we would have done in the past you know we we've never kind of we've never been busier and worked harder and and the best way to support us is to kind of is to donate or become an invisible chip stockist. You know, the easiest thing to do is stick some invisible chips on your on your menu. They they don't take up any freezer space. <laughs> start sharing, start following, talk about invisible chips, share our videos. And, and you know, if you do have a friend or colleague in the industry who's worried who you're worried about, then put your arm around their shoulder and send them our way. Visit hospitalityaction.org.uk you'll also find the number for our helpline so our helpline is available 24 7 with trained counsellors and we can either help you on the spot or refer you into somebody that can yeah we're really delighted to be able to share your stories and let people know about all the good that you're doing so thank you keep it up thank you thanks jeremy excellent cheers folks so if you are struggling right now and you do need some help call hospitality action on 0808 8020282 and the website is hospitalityaction.org.uk thank you for listening please share subscribe and like we look forward to you joining us in the next episode of timothy put the cartel on available on itunes soundcloud google play and youtube Put the cartel on! The coolest way to get through the summer heat is with a $69 AC tune-up from Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. $69 to make sure your air conditioning is working at peak cooling. Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all, because when you focus only on heating and cooling for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. And summer heat is when Vernon can show you how good with their $69 AC tune-up. Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. Online at vernonheating.com. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. 
Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way. In a loving your whole life kind of way. In a this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.